This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! The Fujifilm X-H2, a high-resolution powerhouse. Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 354 for Thursday, June 29th, 2023. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit. This is going to be a bit of a short episode, but I wanted to talk about this new camera that was recently released by Fujifilm. So in late 2022, Fujifilm released the X-H2 as the bigger brother of the already released X-H2S. Now the X-H2S is a 26.1 megapixel stacked sensor and it's a more video-centric camera. The X-H2 sports the new fifth generation X-Trans sensor that is 40 0.2 megapixels. Yes, you heard that right. Fujifilm is the first company to make a high-resolution APS-C camera body. Now, the X-H2 was the first camera to sport this new 40 megapixel sensor, but it is not the only one, as since the X-H2 was released, they have also released the X-T5, which sports the same 40 megapixel sensor along with the same fifth-generation processor. Now, for the longest time, no one in the camera world had ever made an APS sensor with this much resolution. Most other APS-C cameras max out at somewhere in the 20-megapixel range, 20, 22, 24, 26, somewhere around there. So Fujifilm really beat everyone else to the punch by releasing a 40-megapixel sensor. And it's not all that surprising since they are known as the king of APS-C cameras. Now, this new high-resolution sensor allows Fujifilm to really give full-frame camera makers such as Canon, Sony, and Nikon a run for their money. Additionally, with their new fifth-generation processor, they were able to massively improve the autofocus capabilities, making their cameras much closer to on-par with their full-frame competitors. Now, let me give you the technical specs, the full specs for this body. So, the lens mount is, of course, the Fujifilm X mount. Sensor resolution is an effective 40.2 megapixels. The sensor size is 23.5 by 15.6 millimeters. Crop factor is 1.5 times. The body does have sensor shift 5-axis in-body image stabilization. It does not have any built-in ND filters. And it's capable of capturing both stills and video. Now, for the shutter type, it has electronic shutter as well as a mechanical focal plane shutter. Shutter speeds with a mechanical shutter 1 8,000th of a second to 4 seconds in program mode, 1 8,000th to 30 seconds in aperture priority mode, 1 8,000th to 15 minutes in manual mode, and up to 60 minutes in bulb mode. 
Now for the electronic shutter, it can do one eight thousandths of a second to four seconds in program mode, one eight thousand to thirty seconds in aperture priority mode, one eight thousand to fifteen minutes in manual mode, and a fixed one second in bulb mode. ISO sensitivity. For photo, 125 to 12,800 in manual auto mode, and you can extend it to 80 to 51,200. And video, 125 to 12,800 in manual and auto mode, and the extended range is 80 to 25,600. For metering methods, you have average, center-weighted average, and multi-zone, as well as spot. For exposure modes, you have aperture priority, auto, manual, program, and shutter priority. With the exposure compensation of minus 5 to plus 5 EV in one-third EV steps. Now, the metering range is 7 to 7. I think that's supposed to be minus 7 to plus 7. They made a typo. White balance, 2,500 to 100,000 Kelvin. And it comes with the presets for daylight, shade, tungsten, and underwater. Continuous shooting with the electronic shutter up to 20 frames per second for up to 1,000 frames JPEG and 1,000 frames RAW. Mechanical shutter up to 15 frames per second to for up to 1,000 frames JPEG and 1,000 frames RAW. It does include interval recording, and it has a self-timer with a 2 and 10 second delay. Now, for still image capture, for image sizes, it does 3 to 2 JPEG at 40 megapixels, which is 7728 by 5152 pixels, and it can do 16 by 9 at 40 megapixels as well. For aspect ratio, you have 1 to 1, 3 to 2, and 16 to 9. Image file formats, CRAW, HEIF, JPEG, RAW, and TIFF with a bit depth of 16-bit. Now, for video capture, it can do RAW at 7680 by 4320 at 30 frames per second, MOV, MPEG-4, MPEG-4, AVC, ProRes 422, ProRes 422HQ, ProRes 422LT. And UHD, it can do 8K, which is 7680 by 4320 at 24 frames per second, 25, 30, and 50 to 70, or 50 to 720 megabits per second transfer speed. It can do MOV, MP4, MPEG4, ProRes 422, ProRes 422HQ, and ProRes 422LT. It can do 6240 at 4160 at 24. 25, 30 frames per second at 50 to 720 megabits per second. It can do DCI 4K, which is 496 by 2160 at 24, 25, 29, or I mean 30, uh, 50, and 60 frames per second at 50 to 720 megabits per second. UHD 4K, it can do 3840 by 2160 at 24 frames, 25, 30, 50, 60, and the same transfer speeds of 50 to 720 megabits per second. For DCI 2K, which is 2048 by 1080, it can do 24 frames per second, 25, 30, 
uh, 50, 60, and the same transfer speeds of 50 to 720 megabits per second. And last, for 1920 by 1080, it can do 24 frames per second, 25, 30, 50, 60, and 100, 200, and 240 at transfer speeds of 50 to 720 megabits per second. Now, it's external recording modes. It can do RAW 12-bit via HDMI at 7680 by 4320, up to 30 frames per second. Recording limit, none. IP streaming, none. Audio recording, it can do movie, two-channel, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, LPCM audio. It can do ProRes, two-channel, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, LPCM audio. MPEG, two-channel, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, LPCM audio. MPEG-4, two-channel, AAC audio. And for its interfaces, for its memory card slots, we have one slot that's CF Express Type B and one slot that's SD, SDHC, SDXC, UHS-2 with a maximum capacity of one terabyte, which is pretty impressive. For video, it has one HDMI output. For audio, it has one by one-eighth or 3.5 millimeter TRRS headphone mic input on camera body and the same size output for the camera body. Uh, power is one by USB-C input-output. Other I.O. is one by USB-C. Wireless, it has 2.4 and 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi, uh, generation 5 plus 802.11ac, and Bluetooth. Mobile app compatible. Now, this says no, but that's not true because actually when Fujifilm held their X Summit in May, they did release the firmware update for this camera that allows it to use the new Fujifilm X app. Okay, now I'm going to take a little break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Now, it does not have GPS. However, with the release of the new Fujifilm X app, you can geotag your images using that app like you could with their older remote control app, but it works much better on the new X app. And it's also um, regularly updated automatically. So, uh, in other words, with the old remote app, you had to manually sync the GPS data from your phone to the image each time you took a shot, where with the new app, they switched it to more like Canon, Nikon, and Sony's apps, where it automatically refreshes and automatically syncs over the GPS data like every 10 seconds, I think it is, or something like that. All right, so for the monitor, the rear LCD is three inches. It is a articulating touchscreen LCD. The secondary display is on top. It's a 1.28 inch OLED status display. Uh, that's the top down uh, readout display. The viewfinder type is built in electronic OLED. The size is 0.5 inches. The eye point is 24 millimeter. 
with 100% coverage. The magnification is approximately 0.8 times, and the diopter adjustment goes from minus 5 to plus 3. Now, for the focus type, you have auto and manual focus. Focus mode, you have continuous servo AF, manual focus, and single servo AF. Autofocus points uh, for photo and video, contrast detection, plus phase detection at 425 focus points. There is no built-in flash. Uh, flash modes, auto, commander, first curtain sync, manual off, second curtain sync, and TTL auto. Maximum sync speed of 1 250th of a second. The external flash connection is hot shoe or PC terminal. Now, for the battery type, it takes one of the NPW235 rechargeable lithium-ion batteries that's 7.2 volts DC at 220 milliamp hours, or approximately 680 shots. Now, this is the same battery that the X-T4 takes, as well as the X-T5 and the X-H2S. Um, so, it's their more popular and more common larger capacity battery. Now for the tripod mounting thread, it has one of those at one quarter 20 female on the bottom. The accessory mount is one by hot shoe mount on camera body. The dimensions are 54 by are 5.4 by 3.7 by 3.3 inches or 136.3 by 92.9 by 84.6 millimeters. And the weight is 1.5 pounds or 660 grams with the battery and recording media installed 1.3 pounds or 579 grams body only so those are all of the main specs for this camera body and it is a real high resolution beast to be perfectly honest this is a really really fantastic camera now as far as the de design and ergonomics of this camera body are they're absolutely fantastic as it is similar in design to many of the older dslrs as well as the newer mirrorless bodies made by the other three makers it has a great hand grip which feels good and accommodates someone with larger hands like myself the camera also sports the e-ink display on the top right hand side like those other makers bodies um, and it features the well-known psam dial on the top left hand side now, I was fortunate enough to be able to get the X-H2 on loan from Fujifilm North America, and I want to thank my contact, Daniel Carpenter, uh, for hooking me up with one to try out. And I'll be out shooting with this camera over the next two weeks and posting more content to my YouTube channel related to this camera and how it performs. I do want to share that although I wanted to test out this new camera and I do want to get a higher resolution Fujifilm X mount body myself, I am more partial to the body design of the X-T4 line, so I will more than likely be buying the X-T5 instead of the X-H2. Now, if you are interested in purchasing an X-H2, you can get it for $1,999 at Adorama, B&H, uh, Focus Camera, Moment, Amazon, pretty much anywhere that you can find cameras. Um, so it's a, a, not a bad deal at all. $2,000 for a 40 megapixel flagship APS-C body is definitely a good price point and on par with its full frame competitors. 
Now, in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed to my channel and turn on all notifications and also make sure you enter my 10,000 subscriber contest where you have a chance to win a brand new Viltrox AF 75 millimeter F 1.2 Pro lens for the Fujifilm X mount, which is a $550 value. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 354 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my subscribers once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It doesn't cost you a thing. It only takes a second of your time to hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. And also, again, make sure you get by the Liam Photography YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications so you'll be notified when new content releases. Make sure you get your entry in for my 10,000 subscriber giveaway. You can find the official rules for that contest in the show notes for this episode, as well as in the description of any of my most recent YouTube videos. So make sure you get your entry in now we're up to almost 7,000 subscribers, so it's not going to be hopefully too much longer before I will be announcing the winner of that contest. All right, that is going to wrap up this one. Now, remember, uh, this Sunday, as well as next Thursday and Sunday and the following week on Thursday, I will be releasing replay episodes. So there will be episodes uploaded over the next two weeks while the wife and I are out of town on vacation, but they will be replay episodes, but I'm going to upload replay episodes of my most popular episodes, um, interview episodes. So you're definitely not going to want to miss them. Uh, so stay tuned for those during the 4th of July holiday period. And then I'll be back with new episodes uh, the week of the Sunday, the 16th. We'll be back with new news and rumors, episode, uh, news stories for that week. Um, and then back into the regular rotation of Sunday and Thursday episodes after that weekend. All right, that is going to wrap this one up, folks. I will see you all after the holidays.